celebrate Christmas with me, but if you won't, you ain't nothing but a reindeer, prancing all the time. Well, if you ain't here for Christmas, then you ain't no friend of mine. If only you could hear what I'm saying, and Santa Claus could hear me praying, there is But if he won't, I'd be so lonely, baby. I'd be so lonely. It's gonna be heartbreak, Noel. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rockin' All Week with You, the Happy Days Podcast. I am your host, Dan. This is Season 2, Episode 6, or overall, Episode 14. And this one, we have two firsts. First guest host, the great Joanna Wilson the TV Christmas expert, TV Christmas history. She'll tell you all about it later on, but she's awesome, and she knows all about her TV history. She's an author. She's a, she's a raconteur, bon vivant. She's awesome. And she is going to join us talking about Guess Who's Coming to Christmas. This is the, also the first episode to only have one episode being discussed in it. It's a pretty important episode, I think. It's also one of my absolute favorite Happy Days episodes. So, guess who's coming to Christmas? Original air date December 17th, 1974. Directed by Frank Buxton. Written by Bill Idelson. I'm not going to go too crazy into the plot line here. You guys probably know exactly what it's about. It's Christmas Eve. Mr. C wants to have just a close-knit Christmas with the family, just a nuclear family, which does include Chuck. And the Fonz tells the guys, Ralph Potsy and Richie, that he's got a big thing going on with his family in Waukesha, and they have this great time, and it's going to be absolutely awesome. Richie discovers later that he's lying, and the Fonz is going to be alone at Christmas. So he first has to convince his dad to let Fonzie be a part of their celebration. Then they have to find a way to convince Fonzie to come to their house and spend Christmas there without you know, kind of embarrassing him. And that, those are the very basics of the plot. And before I dive in to my uh, chat with Joanna, I just I just wanted to mention something sli- slightly odd that I realized as I was putting this episode together. I record all the episodes in order, so I, and I do that because you, we you get the build, you know, you get the accumulation of the Fonz and Richies. Um, uh, you know their relationship, and you know you get you get strange things like what the heck is happening with Gloria? And apparently, I guess Big Money was the last Gloria episode. I didn't see her in it. Her name is in the credits though, and Wikipedia says it was her last appearance. I don't know where she is. I'm. I may watch it again before the next episode to see if I can um, see her in it. But I I would have I, I always point these things out. So I, if I'd seen her, I would have I would have pointed it out. Anyway, um, so so you see these, these different things accumulate. And obviously, we had a Halloween episode a few months before, and now we have this Christmas episode. And it's I'm still sticking by it being like 57-ish, but I think we discussed that in the chat. But the weird thing is that Joanna's a very busy woman, and we recorded this in between my first and second season recordings. So we hadn't watched the first 10 episodes of the show. I mean, we had. We just hadn't recently. And I didn't say, please watch the first 10 episodes of season two in preparation for our discussion. I just said, watch it and let's talk about it. So I realized that certain things are not referenced that should be referenced. 
I'm going to bring up three. Four? Four. Three or four. First, in this one, when Marsha and the gals at Arnold's are given their gifts from the Fonz, um, uh, first off, I thought he was making everyone photographs, like have a motorcycle Christmas or, or a very motorcycle Christmas. Do you remember that from a few episodes before? But he gives them like little bracelet-y things that say, you're the Genshiest. Um And Marsha says, I knew there was a heart under all that leather, which is a variation of what Mr. C says in the episode with Joni's first date. Uh, not with my sister, you don't. Uh, which is like, oh, well, Fonz is a good guy. There's there's a heart under all that leather or something like that. And that's something I would have mentioned if we hadn't recorded Out of Order. Second, I would have also mentioned that... we Well, we do mention that this is the last appearance of Chuck. But I would have also mentioned that Chuck... Third Chuck, Chuck the Third here, only appeared in the first episode. Richie moves out. I thought he was in more episodes than this, but he literally is in Richie Moves Out and this one, which makes Mr. C's response to Chuck, Chuck, is that you? I think even funnier. It, once you know, like, that Chuck's been gone for nine episodes, where the heck did he go? He's, he's still apparently there, but where the heck did he go? So so there's that. And then uh, two more. One is that, um, you know, it's sad that the Fonz is alone and, and it's great that they, you know, bring him... Uh, over in the end spoiler you know he joins them for Christmas but the thing is in the previous episode of Star is Bored we got the bit where Fonzie tells Richie the story about his dad and how there were times when he contemplated suicide and so that makes Fonzie sitting alone in the garage eating ravioli out of a can and unwrapping a sandwich and putting up his little cards that makes that even sadder and that makes Richie's response even stronger, I think, because in his mind he'd be thinking, oh my gosh, in, you know, in not the previous episode, but previously, he had admitted to me that because of his family situation and such, he thought about whether or not to be or not to be. And so that has to be like a push. He's, he's certainly not going to share that with the family, but that has to be a push that, that, that gets him, it makes it even stronger that, that he gets the Fonz into their house to celebrate and have a Merry Christmas. Boom. And the other thing, and this, this is, and I, I, we may mention this in the chat, but I'm going to mention this here in case we don't. Um, we're Spike. Spike was specifically introduced as the Fonzie's nephew uh, in, in not, not My Sister You Don't, which, you know, and it's not said that he's an orphan. So presumably there are some relatives there. Why isn't the Fonz there? I mean, if they're allowing Spike to dress like the Fonz, surely they don't disapprove of the Fonz. That, that's a slightly tricky one, and I should kind of wish... Um, uh, you know, I hope we don't mention that because that that kind of throws a little wrench into it. That yeah, he does have family, and and he, you know, and they they clearly like him if they're letting Spike dress like that. So, um, and they're letting him hang out with the Fonz, you know. So, yeah. Um, so that's that's a little tricky. So so that that just bringing that up that there will be points during this where we may say something, and you'll say, well, Dan, two episodes ago you mentioned this. Why didn't you bring that up? Because we recorded out of order. So I just wanted to hit a few pertinents right there. And now I want to hop to Joanna and myself discussing Guess Who's Coming to Christmas. Enjoy. Ho, 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 he's ready to go. Blasting off in the snow. 
his rocket ship destination for the moon If you will be so very quiet you can hear him leaving soon With the blast in his own, he's off to the moon Santa's on his way Rudolph with his big red nose looking sad we heard him say all right, everyone. Now, here's a rarity. A guest. A guest host on Rockin' All Week with you. I've got someone here who is very, very qualified, maybe even overqualified, to talk about this Happy Days. No, I, I don't know. Um, but I have here the great Joanna Wilson, uh, Christmas TV history expert extraordinaire. Joanna, how are you? I'm good, Dan. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, would you... Would you uh, give the folks. Uh, t- uh, how about uh, tell them tell them the books you've written, just in case they don't they think what he's just bringing on someone random and saying they're the super expert. No, no, tell them tell them what you've written. <laughs> Thank you. I uh, my reputation is based on the book uh, "Tis the Season TV," which is an encyclopedia of every Christmas themed episode, special and made for TV movie, uh, which took ten years to compile. And uh, I'm very proud of. Um, and from that same research, I then have spun off uh, a bunch of other uh, works as well. Um, I also have the Christmas TV Companion, which is a discussion of the uh, more unusual Christmas entertainment, everything from sci-fi Christmas episodes to Christmas horror and dark themed um, anti-Christmas sort of Christmas entertainments. I also have um, Triple Dog Dare which is uh, about the phenomenon of the movie A Christmas Story, which first came out in 1983, but has since grown to become its own um, not only 24-hour marathon, uh, which is 20 years old, but uh, has uh, grown uh, to cult status in, uh, in, our, in our culture. And I have another uh, book, uh, Merry Musical Christmas Volume 1, which is just about the Christmas or the best uh, Christmas music in sitcoms and dramas. Uh, everything from uh, Lucy and Ricky in I Love Lucy singing Jingle Bells to uh, more contemporary shows like Glee and Community uh, that also have Christmas episodes with significant um, Christmas music in them. Yay! See, see folks, I, I don't lie to you. Well... I do lie to you sometimes, but you're not going to know when I lie to you. That's the joy of it. I, I wouldn't lie to you about something like this. Joanna knows what's up. And Tis the Season TV is sitting on my shelf right here. And Triple Dog Dare, since it came out two years ago, I forget, three years ago, I when it, when it, when it came yeah. out, um, I, I've probably read it a half a dozen times. It's, um, it's, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's just, it's a, I, I don't want to quite call it a romp because it's basically about a woman sitting on a couch watching the same movie 12 times. Uh, so I don't know that that's romp, but it, but it sort of has a feel of, of that. It's just, it's it's a fun, it's a real fun read. And it's it's pretty fascinating too. And I pop up in it a few times, uh, which is which is fun. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I recommend yes. her books highly and she knows what she's talking about. And we, we are talking about one of my one of my personal all-time favorite, possibly episodes of anything, but certainly one of my all-time favorite uh, Christmas episodes. And I guess we will start the way the way I always start on my other podcast with, um, uh, Joanna, what did you think of Guess Who's Coming to Christmas? Well, it's certainly, in, 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 and I've seen all Christmas episodes, yes. and I would say this is in my top ten as well. Wow. This is uh, fantastic. 
television. Yeah. I I I think I I remember seeing this one as a kid when they 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 did something where this this aired at Christmas of '74, and then I remember at the end of the '70s when I was very little seeing this with like a, a, a extra scenes with um uh, the Fonz and Al. Uh, talking and the Fonz tells this story, and uh, and that's the way they would frame it. Um, since Guess Who's Coming to Christmas is from the first two seasons when the show uh, was shot single camera with the laugh track, and then by time you got to the next season, it was multiple camera with the raucous crowds and you know when Chachi would walk in, people would yay cheer for a minute, and you get I don't know is is there a name for the sitcom thing where someone makes a joke. And then someone says something, and then the joke is someone walking in the room and saying a line. But is is there a is there a um, a, a description or a name for when someone says that line and like Chachi walks in and he's supposed to say "Hey, hot stuff" or something like that, make everybody laugh. But the moment he walks in, the crowd cheers for like thirty seconds, and everyone has to freeze or act like "Hey, I'm I've got a funny line, but I have to kind of it's it's like it's like um." Uh, Doctor Who from the early 60s when they used to shoot it live, not not live direct, but they would, they would shoot it like a play um, and you would get a cliffhanger and you would have a moment where like someone would be looking at the camera like <gasps> and then they'd have to like freeze like that until it faded out and sometimes it would fade out quickly and sometimes it wouldn't and so you'd see William Hartnell going, <gasps> the dialects and then he'd be looking at the camera like, please fade out. Please start the credits. So I don't know. It, but uh, so so I, I would think they added that scene with Al um, uh, one um, mainly because I think it would probably have confused people. Uh, I don't know if it, that were true. But when when Happy Days was at its height and and which is a couple of years after um, this Guess Who's Coming to Christmas, um uh, it was a, this raucous show like all, all the others. So I think they had to sort of couch it and um, remind people that, yeah, this is Happy Days. There's Al. We've got a huge uh, audience laughing. But the rest of this is going to look a little different. And I think that's how I remember watching it as a kid. And um, I think maybe 10 years ago I came across it again. And I just adore it. I, 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 um, I, just, I just think it's uh, wonderful. What are, what are some of your favorite parts of it? Well, uh, when I think back on this episode, I always remember that animatronic robotic Santa that's sort of out oh, of control yes. and uh, that's mugging, you know, the back of uh, Richie's <laughs> head as he sits and tries to get the robot under control. I think the thing I love about that uh, scene, with, and I'm sorry, folks, I'm at, I know what you're saying. Dan, why does it sound like you're eating turkey bacon? It's because I'm eating turkey bacon, folks, here. We, we were going to call this breakfast with Joanna and Dan because it's a little early here and I'm having something to eat. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I thought she was going to tell a little bit more Santa story, so I got a mouthful of bacon. My apologies. Um, um, the, 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 sorry, everyone. The thing I love about the Santa scene is it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little under... I timed it yesterday. It's a little under a minute uh, and it's all one shot. So so when you think about it, the way, the way whatever the heck that Santa is is... is hitting them with the with the present and then when like the present flies out and hits Chuck full in the face I don't think that was planned <laughs> I, I think that was it and it's it's too bad it's like Chuck hasn't been on the show for like three or four episodes this is his last appearance and one of the last things you see happen to him is 
an animatronic or whatever the heck it is, Santa, hits him in the face with a present. Oh, Chuck. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's, and Chuck's appearance in this episode really seems to even startle the rest of the cast. Yes. Uh, even Joni, like, she's like, hi, Chuck. Like, <laughs> this isn't how you would talk to your brother that you see every day. Yes. Yeah. It's more like, you know, cast haven't seen each other in months. Yeah. Um, so it, that's even that. That's left. That tone is left in the episode, and it, it's uh, really tongue in cheek for those of us that uh, pay attention to how rare uh, of a character Chuck is. Yeah, um, it's it's it's. I actually, when I saw this uh, like ten years or so ago, and Chuck appears, I forgot Chuck was in this, and I had in fact forgotten about Chuck. And so I had to go look it up, and I, I wrote an article on my blog about Chuck a few years ago for a classic uh, TV blog association, where I, I um, uh, kind of mapped out all the appearances of Chuck, and, and he doesn't appear very much at all, and which is weird. But um, but uh, yeah, it's that it's that opening moment where Mr. C comes down the steps and he's going to put out the Santa. And he sees the he sees a sweat sock on the tree, and he yells something. And then Chuck walks in eating a sandwich, and Mr. C's face is, it's, it's, the the way he says Chuck is that you is is sort of, it's 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 a mix of, I I don't quite know how to describe it because it's very funny, but it also is almost the way that um it's it's not 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 quite as it's sort of the same uh, inflection, but later on, when the Fonz, they're in the Fonz's apartment, the Fonz says, I got a tree, and he points at his little tree, and Mr. C says, that's a very nice tree. He says it almost sort of in the same sort of realm, sort of like, that's kind of a sad tree, Fonz. We love you. Come with us. You know, he's saying to Chuck, like, maybe he knows that Chuck isn't going to be here anymore, or something. And I don't know. <laughs> but it, 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 all, it almost feels, yeah, like you said, that it's, it's a... It almost feels like if you watch it out of context, it almost feels like a joke. And, and I, I, not, it is a joke technically. No, what I mean is that it almost feels like, yeah, they know that he's not really supposed to be there and part of it anymore. And yeah, they're surprised that he's there. And I, it's, it's really, it's nice to see him. He's, you know, I, I like Chuck. Um, I prefer this is this is my preferred Chuck, the Chuck in the first season. Um, uh, who was this, uh, the guy with the red hair? Um, uh, I, I wasn't, he was a bit more, um, too jock like for me. I prefer this Chuck, but yeah. So yeah, Chuck, um, let's see what else. Uh, when, what, what is your, what, when did you, do you remember when you first saw this episode or what's your, uh, your history with it is? Yeah, I'm old enough. I watched this when it originally aired. Hey! Yeah. And I've seen, and I've seen it in, you know, in syndication and reruns more times than I can count. And, um, you know, this is one of those, and it's it's one of those episodes that really stands out from the entire series because it is so poignant and it is yes. um, so yes. um, deep and and it's got all the right emotions mm -hmm. and, um, you know, <clears throat> And for sitcoms in general, let alone just for Happy Days, you know, the Christmas episodes, so often the emotions are ham-fisted, they're very general, they're very broad, yeah. they're very big. This is the exception. This episode, the the emotions are a little more subtle, it's a little more complex, and the um, characters are very sensitive about um, Fonzie's feelings, 
They're making sure they're not stepping on his toes or offering him pity because they know they'll chase him away if they, um, you know, they're trying to pull him closer. And um, it's the emotion is just right. And the tone of this episode now, you know, uh, 30 years later, for almost 40 years later, almost 50 years later, it's still just right. The tone is just right. The emotions are are very sophisticated. It still stands really strong as a, a very strong story. I've I've always sort of thought with the uh, this episode that it's it it begins like with a series of kind of quick scenes and moments, like the the scene in the kitchen, and then the scene with Chuck, and then the scene with the mugging Santa, and then Ralph and Potsy with the mistletoe, and the Fonz giving out gifts and telling his lies about Waukesha. And I I like the way it opens. You get all this. um, For me, it's great because the opening six or seven minutes, I think, are just, um, they're they're good minutes. The, The appearance, obviously, the Santa scene is great, and the appearance of Chuck is fun. Um, but they're they're, um, they're very um, I think they're very uh, sit, sitcomish sit, sit, sitcomish yeah that's that's a word uh, but then the moment we get to the hardware store and we have we see all of the employees at the hardware store and they're all a little drunk on eggnog and uh, they're all kind of saying you know um, round the gums look out tummy here it comes and I'm just trying to you're she's pulling he's pulling your leg I'm just trying to get him even you know and they sound like every one of your relatives who says like the same eight things whenever you see them at Christmas or something like that I mean I'll pull my finger I, you, yeah. you don't want that relative you know something like that you know the, um, I don't know why I went to that space but um, you, you, you know like you, you, um, you have a friend or relative who you, usually it's like my uncle Mike or, or one of my uncles, you know, who is reminds me of that one guy with the eggnog um, who has like, yeah, like eight things he says and um, you can be sure to hear them um, whenever you see him. And so that, that scene is sweet. But then the moment the car breaks, from the moment the car breaks down and they take it to Fonzie's garage uh, to the end, it's just, I think it's just perfection. And it's great because there are, there are funny moments Certainly funny moments. Seeing the Fonz's um, motorcycle in his apartment is a great moment. But it's it's cool because it's it 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 feels like a it doesn't feel like a sitcom episode. It feels like a proper sort of uh, I, I don't want to say comedy, but because because there are long stretches like most of the scene in the garage, there aren't really any jokes, and there are other stretches where there sort of aren't jokes. They're just Taught, like when they're trying to convince, trying to think of something to get the Fonz to to come with them, there aren't really any jokes, right. which is which is lovely because when there are jokes, that makes them all the more funnier. When you see when you see the the Fonz, when the Fonz finally decides he's going to stay, and he's let me fix the lights, let me read night night before Christmas. Oh, you're not do, you're not doing the marshmallows right, and he becomes he, he becomes like that. Uh, I, I don't want. To, I'm not going to say uncle again, but he be, he becomes like a a crazy know-it-all kind of kid who I, I can do this. Let me do this, and you can just see how excited he is that he's spending Christmas with someone, and you yes. you you wonder how long it's been since he's. You wonder what he did last year, I guess. Um, pre- right. pre- presumably he he I don't I, I, he wasn't. Um, I, obviously, he wasn't this close with Richie. Maybe he didn't even know Richie. But um, it's funny when you think about it. There's so many points in the show where the Fonz saves Richie from 
you know, um, uh, uh, in the first season, he saves them, uh, Richie and the gang, from getting beaten up by this gang of jerks at, a, like, a pool hall. And then he, you know, he pops out of lockers to beat people up. He, he does all sorts of crazy stuff to save Richie. But there are just as many times when Richie saves the Fonz. And this is one of those times. And um, it's uh, it's lovely. It's really lovely. Um, what what else? What else? Yeah. Uh, what what else uh, about this episode? I'm gonna I'm gonna hit a couple more um, spots that I love here. We mentioned the robotic um, animatronic Santa decoration that's out of control. That's near the beginning, and which could be a gimmick. Just it's a funny comedy spot. But I like that they bring it back as an excuse for Fonz to to draw him closer. They ask the Fonz to fix their car, but then they use the excuse of this Santa Claus that's broken yes. to come back to the house. And so it, it actually comes back um, and actually ends up serving as a plot point to, to convince Fonzie to come back to the Cunningham house. So then he's got to fix the robotic Santa, and they need another excuse to keep Fonzie a little bit longer um, hopefully to convince him to stay uh, for the evening and they have him fix the lights on the tree, which eventually does work, keeps him in the, uh, the with the family a little longer. But I like that they return to that robotic Santa. So it's not just a gimmick. It's not just a disposable laugh that's thrown yes. away. It's actually a, a part of um, the whole point, which is to keep Fonzie uh, closer to the family. I want one of the, what, what, you know, what, what did you think about that moment? And I always, I always get a bit of a tear in my eye. I guess which gives away what I think about it. But the moment where the um, Mr. Mr. C and Richie are going to pull away from the garage, and then and then Richie goes to give Fonzie the gifts, and then sees him in the long shot making the ravioli. What 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 does that do to you? Well, yeah, I mean that's the poignancy of this whole episode, and and it's it speaks really well of Richie that he sees this other human, his friend but a human who's going to be spending alone. He's purposefully deceived Richie and his father about having somewhere to go on Christmas. When in fact, now it's become clear that he doesn't have family, that he is going to be alone for Christmas. And Richie is so moved that he's, he returns to his father. We have to find some excuse to, to get the Fonz to come home. And um, he knows that if he just convinces his father, you know, who has a motive that he only wants the family <laughs> together. Yes, he doesn't yeah, want yeah. friends. He doesn't want writers. He doesn't want anybody else. He wants a traditional family Christmas this year. And so Richie is, he knows he's going to have to convince his father, but he knows if he tells his father that Bonzi is alone, that uh, his father will be so moved just as he is. It's a great um, part of the whole, you know, it's, it's one of those important steps along the whole, um, uh, evolution of this story and it's very poignant it's very meaningful it's um yeah and it's very touching yes and you you can you can see how how much yeah the Fonz loves the Cunninghams and you can see how much they love him but this is this is not at a point later on where he's living above the garage and he's he's more or less part of the family and you you can also it's it's funny it, you can sort of see and I think I put this in the article I wrote about Chuck you can sort of watch the final scenes with the Fonz there and watch sort of Chuck being written out of the show. Now, now, now that the Fonz is this part of the family, we don't need an older brother anymore. We, we didn't have anything for him to do in the first place. But now he's 
done because the Fonz is mo- moving in. He will move in in the next season. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I oh, you know what? In, in whenever I whenever I uh, talk about these episodes, I always try to figure out when what time it's set at. Now, obviously, it's set at Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Um, what year it is? I I don't know. I'm, my guess is 1958. Um, and I and I, I think they. The writers on the show purposefully fudge those timelines to keep it as general as possible yes. because there are all kinds of things they could do if they wanted to narrow it down to a specific time in a year, which they do at certain times within the series. But they clearly are in this episode. They're just trying to keep it open and general and um, not a specific date and time. Yes. Yeah. And and they, they now on the version I have now uh, I'm watching the second season DVD set which I know they did some music replacement unlike on the first season and so there aren't when, when they're in um, uh, Arnold's I at one point I think you can hear some sort of rock and music way in the background but I, I couldn't really make it out all the rest of the time it's Christmassy music and it's not specific Christmas music it's like scored for the episode at least that's what it sounds like Christmas music so it's it's um yeah, this yeah. this is not, this is not one for um, trying to date it. I mean, I would say I've been arguing with myself over the previous episodes of this season and the first season. I try to set it around fifty seven, fifty eight ish. But then they have songs from the early fifties. They'll mention stuff from the end of the fifties. And in this, Joni gets a Viewmaster, and I'm no Viewmaster expert. And Joanne, if you are a Viewmaster expert, feel free to speak up. But I've, I've owned them. <laughs> I, I've owned them certainly, and I think at one point my sister had the Talking Viewmaster, but um, oh, the technology! Uh, but the I, I did some Viewmaster research um, five minutes before I called Joanna. No, I'm kidding. I did it yesterday, um, and I the <laughs> I, I looked at the Viewmaster that um, Joni has. Uh, it's a very funny scene with Joni and, and the Fonz sitting there, and I'm and this is sort of like one of the first kind of scenes like this that they sort of have together. I mean, cause you'll see as the show goes along, um, they're, 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 they become great friends. And I mean, heck at the end of the series, Joni is, is teaching at the school is, is the, yeah, the, the, the Fonz teaches at. And, and so you, you could sort of see how, how, you know, they're, they're very, very cool together. I guess it's the Fonz. So they're very cool together, but just that moment with, with Joni where she keeps faking the Fonz out, pretending like they're bikini-clad gals in um, on the Viewmaster, and he keeps looking, and it's not. And she goes, score one for the kid. Yeah. And he looks at her and gives her thumbs up, and she gives him thumbs up, and it's oh, it's, it's lovely. But having said that, the I looked up Viewmasters, and that Viewmaster, I think, is a model from 1962, I think. Just just looking at it and comparing it. So not I'm not saying this is set in 1962, because we'll see in future episodes set at Christmas with Happy Days that this can't be 1962 um, unless there's something really weird going on with time. I, I used to have a theory, and maybe I still do, that when the Doctor and Doctor Who, when she, he finally retires, uh, I'd like to think that uh, the Doctor goes to the 50s, Milwaukee and becomes the Fonz. That's how the Fonz can do all this cool stuff because he's <laughs> he, he's got that's like and, and it's too when you when people ask Henry Winkler now about the Fonz, hey, so what's the Fonz up to or what's the what's the Fonz doing now? And Henry Winkler always says something like, oh, he he's in, he lives in my guest house. He watches TV all day. He's just he's retired. 
And I'd like to think I'd like to think that um, I, I think I'd probably actually say this with several fictional characters, but like when the doctor finally says, "I'm done. I've saved the universe a thousand times," uh, but more than that, I'm going to settle down in this lovely place called Milwaukee. And I'm going to become this cool guy named the Fonz. Because if you look at the Fonz throughout the show, he starts off as a dropout who's working for some guy in a garage. And then at the end, he he owns half of Arnold's. He's teaching shop class. He's some sort of administrator, I think, at a school. And he owns the garage. So it's like, yeah, the Fonz. This is, like you said, this is, um, this is not a time when you had heavy continuity from episode to episode in TV shows. But if you watch Happy Days from beginning to end, you can see the uh, the sort of the character development, and you can see Richie and Fonzie getting closer and closer, and it all um, and yes. so, and as much as I love the show, and I do, when Richie leaves, there is something missing there when Richie isn't there. With I mean, um, uh, you know, Ted McGinley is fine. He, you know, he. You know he's he's fine as Ro- <laughs> as as Roger, um, but but and they have a different sort of relationship where they start off sort of antagonistic, but by the end he just the Fonz and he are just kind of hanging out, you know, um, you you mellow I guess, and 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 sort of if if the if the sort of start of the real the real close relate between Richie and the Fonz kind of begins here, then it kind of I guess would build all the way up to the point in the very last season. When Richie returns, and there's there's an episode, there's a two-parter where, uh, and this is hopping ahead, folks. I know what you're saying, Dan. Why are you going to season eleven? Hey, who? Calm down. Uh, but there, there, it all builds to the point where um, uh, <laughs> Richie wants to. Richie's married. He's got a couple of kids. His the, everyone wants him to settle down in Milwaukee, but he wants to go to Hollywood and become a, a screenwriter. And it's really getting him down and he disappears. And so everyone goes out to find where he is. The Fonz finds him at a pool hall. Richie is drunk. And there's a moment where um, uh, Richie uh, punches the Fonz and the Fonz lets him do it. He doesn't let him do it a second time, but the Fonz lets him and basically says more or less like, you you are the only person I would let do that to me. You're not going to get a second try. But And so it goes from the point where this point where he's welcomed into their home and then he lives with them for so long to the point where he he's he's so close with Richie that Richie at this dark moment can actually strike him and he understands you know in the same way that they understand the, the what the Fonz is going through here being alone at Christmas and they don't you know they don't want to exacerbate that they they want to welcome him in as if it was all unplanned and everything when you go to the far end of the spectrum, you have the moment where the Fonz can see that Richie is really hurting and he lets him do something that he wouldn't let anyone else do simply because he's his friend. And, um, and it all sort of starts here, which is great. So, you know, don't let, don't let anyone ever tell you, you know, that there isn't continuity in, in shows back in the day um, because there definitely was. I have another um, thing that might date um, oh, please. this episode. I actually looked into the um, the the label on the can that Fonzie puts into the onto a pan oh, yes. on the hot plate yeah. when he's yes. alone in the garage. Um, you can recognize that that's actually a Franco-American can of food, 
And I looked into the history to see if I could date it, just as as you looked into Viewmaster. I looked into Franco-American, which is Benna Campbell's sub-business, um, uh, sub-label under their business for a long time. And they later, Richie says uh, he saw Fonzie eating ravioli. And if you're a Franco-American fan, you'll, you'll remember uh, Franco-American made, uh, well, they made soups and pastas, but they made SpaghettiOs and raviolios. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big fan of SpaghettiOs and raviolios. I could find on the internet that SpaghettiOs didn't start until 65. So, mm. okay, there's no way Happy Days would have a 1965 uh, product, you know, this early on their show. But then Richie does say it's ravioli, and I sort of wondered if it's raviolios, but I couldn't find any kind of, uh, just with my superficial uh, search, I couldn't find anything. I'm sure if we emailed um, Campbell's, they could tell us when they started um, <laughs> raviolios, which might be worth the effort if you're that much of a committed fan, which I wasn't able to do uh, in time for this podcast. It does make me start wondering, was the Fonz going to have spaghetti, or was he going to have raviolios on uh, Christmas Eve in this episode? Yeah. Uh, and, it's it. it th- thank you, thank you. I, that hadn't occurred to me to do that. I think I, I think at that moment I'm um, I'm sort of I'm overwhelmed, and it didn't occur to me to look at the can. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I always try to like. There, there's a scene where uh, when like Richie is is when they're all trying to convince Mister C to go back and get the Fonz, and you can see the bookcase behind him. I always try to make out what those books are. If if that might help, but oh, that's they're, great. they're a little too far away, unfortunately, to sort of see them properly. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but um, but yeah, so uh, I like that you just, tried. I you know I sit there and you look at it and you go, huh? Hmm. And may I, may I say that um, uh, as much as I love the show, as I said before, when it goes live in front of an audience, I really love the way they use the living room in uh this episode uh i love the the depth of the room because there's always like when, when the camera is in its spot is it master shot spot looking at the set there's there's stuff like there's the fire going uh chuck is always fiddling around with the christmas tree in the corner mrs c is on the couch on the right Joni's kind of on the floor in, in front of the the christmas tree you, you, there's a tv over on the left you know richie's sitting over there and they, they kind of use all the space and because it was yes. shot like a like a film rather than a couple of cameras pointing at a set and an audience laughing you can get in there so one of my favorite moments yes. is um, when um, uh, they're trying to uh, it's it's that final moment when the when the Fonz is when Mr. C is uh, is like uh, oh you know it's it's three after nine you missed your bus that's okay and Mr. C is like hey I'll drive you there I'll drive you there it's just twenty five miles or whatever it is and Fonz is like oh but it's it's snowing harder than ever Mr. C that's great because at that moment the camera goes in there and it like over the shoulder on uh, Mr. C's shoulder looking at the Fonz and then Mrs. C says like you're staying and I don't want to hear another word about it you get more or less almost like a medium shot of her and then it cuts back to over Mr. C's shoulder and Fonz looking at her and it's really it's much more intimate than um, a regular sitcom would be because you can't put the camera in there you can't put the camera on the set Um, uh, so 
on, on the set. It's I mean you could you could put on the edge of the set and stuff and, and position it, but you can't get in there and get get the moments. So you get that moment, and then the moment where um, uh, where they're trying to convince the Fonz to leave his apartment. And you, you start off with the master shot where you see the table with the tree and you see his motorcycle, which, as we all know and I've said before, is the network was still slightly worried about having this guy with the leather jacket. And so they said he can only wear the leather jacket when he's, his motorcycle is there. So that's why they put the motorcycle in the apartment so he could be in his leather jacket, which makes sense to me. And But there's the, the moment with the Fonz and his, you know, that's a very nice tree. It's just a great series of shots with a two shot of Mr. C and Richie and then a closer shot of the Fonz. And it's really great. And the great thing about it is everybody knows what's going on. But like you said, no one wants to hurt his feelings. And you can see Mr. Richie, I, I, as much as I love, uh, you know, I, Richie gets on my nerves sometimes, but I pretty much always love Mr. C. And if you want to see um, sort of some great face, some great expression, some great facial acting, um, watch Mr. C throughout these things as he's trying to, you could see him like thinking through like how to convince the Fonz without hurting his feelings or, or driving him away. Um, you, you, you could see it in his face. You can see it go through. And it's really, it's really it's really great. I, I, it, it could almost be the Mr. C. I mean, hey, Mr. C and the Fonz were the only ones in every episode. So there's there's something to be said for that, I guess. The fact that the Fonz is wearing his jacket in this episode, you know, when he's in his apartment, and also makes it even, it adds to the emotion. It's an important element that Fonz is still seen as an outsider to the family. If you're familiar, um, which I know, Dan, you are, the whole uh, structure of the entire, you know, season or the, all the series. Fonzie is clearly an outsider. He's a hoodlum. He's on the edges and margins of society, let alone, you know, in Milwaukee, let alone he's viewed as an outsider to the family. But this episode, this Christmas episode, is one of the important steps that uh, is shown how he gets drawn into the Cunningham family, how he goes from outsider to insider, how he goes from, you know, uh, potential outlaw to friend. Um, here, he, he's wearing that leather coat. He's um, He doesn't have family. He's he's on the margins of society, but the Cunninghams decide to take him in, welcome him, welcome him into their home on Christmas. Yes. And, um, and yes. it, it's even, you see the pinnacle of all this when they ask their guest, near the end of the episode to yes. say the grace for the Christmas dinner. And, and Fonzie takes this opportunity. He steps up and he offers the prayer for their Christmas dinner as informal as it is. And it's a little um, shocking to the family, but they offer that opportunity to him and he takes it. And it turns out to be a nice prayer and a gracious prayer. And um, this is a part of, these are the important, this episode is one of those important steps that brings the outsider and outlaw Fonzie into um, <laughs> acceptable society into and into the family. It's it's an important uh, episode in, in the entire run of the entire series. And for that, it's it's important and it's meaningful. And it's, it's funny. And this is long before I think it's at the end of season four where the Fonz gets baptized. So this is a Fonz without a family. And as far as we know, without any sort of, of religion, he's just got sort of the faith in himself. 
Um, but being welcomed into this family is I obviously you you could see it the way he's sitting with Joni and the Viewmaster, and then when Mrs. C um, takes him into the dining room when they all go in to eat, she takes his hand and he he takes her hand, and then and they kind of go in there together. And it's really it's really love, and I love the fact too that where did the Fawn sleep? Was he on the couch? Or presumably he was there, right? Overnight? He, he stayed the night? Yeah, I mean, that's what we're supposed to believe. At Christmas morning, they're opening their gifts together. Yeah, I so, yeah, I, I like the fact that maybe it's just uh, Mrs. C brought him, a, you know, a, 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 some blankets and some pillows, and he, he took a snooze on the uh, couch, maybe made a joke about not wanting to bother Santa, and then he went to sleep. It's probably... <laughs> <laughs> what are the, yeah. the sweetest moments? Um, uh, but um, uh, let me, I'm going to do one more scan through my notes. Um, and then if you have anything else, please yell out. Oh, oh, I just got something. I, I got a lot of notes. Uh, you can tell that this is uh, – that the, the living room set there because the front door goes directly into the living room. And I live in L.A., and our front door, when you step in, you're in the living room. And that's the way a lot of houses are out here. But there's no way in in Milwaukee where it's snowing, not all the time, but it snows a lot. And, I mean, look, look, the scene where Fonz and Richie step in from when uh, they fix the Santa, it's snowing like crazy out there. And they just kind of step in, pat their feet and walk in. No, no, no. There's no way Mrs. C would allow them. I mean, you, you're tracking uh, snow and wet and mud and stuff all over the place. In in houses like this, you'd have a little, like, I think we used to call them a mud room, which is a little space that you step into, and you take your shoes off, or there's a mat, but it's not the living room. You don't walk right onto, like, the carpet. And so you can kind of tell right. that the this, this set designers were not um, maybe from this area. What, not that that not that I <laughs> not, not that I like stay awake at night thinking about it, but you know I grew up in the Northeast, and both the houses I grew up in, when you walked in any of the doors, there was a space, you know, usually like with tile on it or something, and there'd be a mat, and you if if your feet were muddy or or wet or your shoes were muddy or wet, you'd take them off. You don't walk right onto the. There's no way Mrs. C is going to allow that. So that's that's not really a point about the episode. That's just something I noticed. Um, do you have anything else? Yeah. I like that Fonzie's gifts to all his friends and his girlfriends are identical. Um, they're a necklace that say, you're the ginchiest. And yes. it's <laughs> it speaks <laughs> to his uh, wanting to be affectionate with everyone and wanting to be generous at the same time. It's also an identical mm -hmm. gift. It speaks to his efficiency that he likes everyone equally. Um, <laughs> and and if you follow up with uh, later Christmas episodes, you see Fonz does this again and again. He gives the <laughs> same identical gift to everyone he knows, which is kind of funny. Yes, and there's um uh the 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 great thing about Happy Days is you know it had eleven seasons and the even numbered seasons had Christmas or Christmas related episodes, and then in some of the seasons at Christmas time they'd reshow this, and um and so yeah this is this is the first one here yeah and you will see. Um, things sort of reoccurish like that, but this when the Fonz shows up, um, I guess this is their first Christmas with the Fonz because Richie Potsy and and Ralph are all like, we didn't know you did Christmas Fonz, and, and the Fonz says something like, hey, the Fonz is big on Christmas. I thought everybody knew that, and I think that's that's another reason to love the Fonz because he's, he he loves Christmas. I'm gonna scan, like I said, I'm gonna scan my notes one more time. Do you have anything else on this one? 
Well, as you pointed out, that they that the networks would re-air this earlier Christmas episode in later years during the holidays. And that was something that networks used to do and that they no longer do is that, you know, when you would have a longer running series during the Christmas break when they're not airing new episodes, they would frequently go back and air re-air previous seasons Christmas episodes. And sometimes they would even air multiple, you know, if there were... Um, two or three or four weeks during the holiday season that they're not airing new episodes, they would actually air several Christmas episodes from seasons past. If the, if the series was long running enough and there were enough Christmas episodes produced, but this is something they don't do anymore. You never see or rarely see um, a, a series re-air uh, a Christmas episode from seasons past. It, what was it? The, the, during the fourth season, they they don't specifically have a new Christmas episode. At the start of December, they have one of those episodes where Christmas is coming and we're preparing for it, but it's not Christmas. Uh, that's the one with Richie and the gal in like the Coca-Cola ad or something, and he pretends to be a photographer to meet her, which is a bit far-fetched. But you do get, I think that episode, if I remember correctly, has the Fonz like posing for his Christmas card, which is like him on a on his motorcycle. Um, with like a bunch of gals around him, which is which is great. Yeah. Uh, and again, there you go. He, that's what he's giving to everyone, a picture showing how cool he is. But I like the fact, the thought that in December of that year, 73, 74, 75, 76, 76, I think, at the start of the month, you had this sort of Christmas episode. And then right at Christmas, they re-showed this episode with the linking material, making it seem like it was the same Christmas that we saw earlier in the month. So I like that. I like that concept. Um, and, yes. uh, I, I'm trying, I think, I think, I mean, I mean, I could actually talk about this specific episode for hours. Um, but I think, um, I am, I think, I, I think, I think we've covered a lot here. Is there anything else you have? I, I cut you off earlier when you were talking about the order of the lights that were on the tree. Oh, Yes. That's 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 a fun scene with um because Mrs Mrs C is great in this one she's not um she's she's not it's it's it really is Richie uh, Mr C and the Fonz but um uh, uh Joni and Mrs C have a lot of great moments and and Mrs C obviously has the um you're staying and I want to hear another word about it or when Mr C tries when they learn the Fonz is alone and Mr C tries to get them to sing come on Marion this is your favorite she's like oh, I don't want to sing Howard and she's got a lot of oh, you missed your bus to Waukesha which which I think I, I think that moment. Do you remember that moment when she when she stands up and she and yeah. Um, I th I think I whenever I watch the episode, I always think that's the one moment that might um give the game away because she's almost she um she's almost too she she she's she's saying it like oh no you missed your bus to Waukesha but she kind of leaps up from the couch oh you missed your bus almost like mm, okay Marion. That's a uh, that's a bit too rambunctious for that. I think uh, I, I, it almost feels like oh you're gonna you're gonna ruin it right there. It not that you know I love Mrs. C no you know but she can get as excited as she wants. Yeah, she likes the Fonz you know and he likes he likes them. Um, but uh, yeah she she has some great moments and Joni has some fun moments and I can never quite tell when uh, Joni. Um, Oh, and I'm sorry, the red, green, yellow, blue. That's just a great moment where um, they're, they're stringing up the lights or they're putting up... Are, are they stringing up lights? I don't know how... Uh, 
because it occurs to me like you you can't um what 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 is she referring to is she referring to the lights when she says red green yellow blue yeah the string of lights the lights need to be in that order but because the lights aren't working he's substituting bulbs in okay and she's like remind him what the order needs to be it needs to be a very specific way according to her red green yellow blue red what is that santa's law oh mr c yeah i think um i think that's uh that's about all i have i feel like i said i I could talk about this episode for ages um but uh and i i guess i guess sort of the the last thing i'll say is and then if you have anything else to 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 wrap it up there there is the point where mr c's big thing is just the family just the family and the fonz doesn't have family and then in the end mr c yeah um has no problem with the fonz being part of the family on this just a family christmas which is um one him being nice and to him sort of a portend is that i think that's the right word to use uh of for what will come that he will become part of their family the fact that he allows them in well he allows fonz well actually everyone wants the fonz there um he's just mr c's a little resistant at first but yeah so that's that's that do you have anything else from this one i think we covered everything i wanted to to talk yeah. about yeah uh let's see i think yeah so so uh that's guess who's coming to christmas everybody and joanna uh i uh thank you for joining me and where can we find you online you can find me um at christmas tv history.com and uh on on social media uh, at Twitter and on Instagram, I'm at Tis a Season TV, which is the name of my encyclopedia. Encyclopedia, Tis a Season TV, and that's also on Facebook. So that was Guess Who's Coming to Christmas, everyone. The first of the Happy Days Christmas episodes. There will be several more to come, and um, yeah, I guess we'll sign off with a little bit of this. <laughs> That make up Christmas Day Carolers singing down the street Everyone's so friendly when they meet These are the things that make up Christmas Day Church bells ringing Children singing Everyone's enjoying Christmas Day With its light of truth to show away Santa's coming tonight in his sleigh The snow will listen and show in the way These are the things that make up Christmas Day Church bells ringing Children singing Everyone enjoying Christmas Day And with that star above Shining down It's love With its light of truth To show the way Santa's coming tonight in his sleigh The snow will descend and show in the way These are the things that make up Christmas These are the things that make up Christmas 
these are the things that make up Christmas. 